Let's begin. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order. We do have Reverend Nogutula Lala, Project Officer, Sanarela, South African Network of Religious Leaders Living With or Personal Affected by HIV and AIDS. And uh, we have uh, her joining us on the line. Reverend, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, man. Yes, good evening to you, Reverend. Much. Yeah, thank you very thank much, you. Reverend. And also another guest, again in no particular order, we do have Ipileng uh, Tihalelia Mutusi, an African Hebrew Israelite currently studying Hebrew Israelite culture and the, the the whole philosophy. And she's speaking on her personal capacity. By the way, she'll be speaking as an official representative from any denomination or organization. She will not. Okay, she is speaking on her personal. Capacity, not from a denominator. That was made clear to me so that I do not confuse that. Madam, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Evening, Naye. Um, shalom. Evening to the listeners at home. And um, to Sis Joy and, and everybody. Yeah, and also we are supposed to be joined in a short while by Bishop Joshua Maponga, who is a fighter of spiritual colonialism. He's an author, by the way. He's written a number of books. He'll be joining us in a short while. I'm hoping he'll be joining us in a short while. Uh, but we're going to continue with the guests that we have right now. And uh, I'm also okay that these are women who I'm talking to. It's a very, very sensitive issue. And who's better to handle these sensitive issues than women? So um, I'm going to begin with you, Reverend Lala. Can that rapist, or should that rapist, or does your faith and your scriptures, do your scriptures guide as to what should happen to a child born out of rape? Does that man who has raped have a right to that child? Okay. Thank you very much, Naya, and uh, to all the listeners. Hey, this is a very difficult conversation. Indeed. I guess it will trigger many women who have been through the horrific ordeal. I don't have answers, but will speak from my heart and my opinion, and also from my own lived experience with rape, as I was being raped myself. So I don't have, and I will not begin to know the pain and the hurt it must have feel for women who have, who have experienced this, and out of it, and they became pro, uh, pregnant. So for, for, for me, I will say no, because the issue of rape in the Bible is a difficult one to interpret because the law given in the Old Testament existed with the context of the particular culture. That being said, it was extremely difficult for non-virgins to find husbands, you know, 
the status of women was very low. We know we have examples like uh, the stories of uh, Tamara, second someone chapter 13, who was raped. It says that he, she ended up begging her rapist to marry her because of the shame of violation that remains for unmarried woman. And for me, I would say no, because of the fact that we understand that rape is a very serious crime. And rape is something that destroys a woman. As I speak from my own lived experience with rape, it is a hard thing for a woman. Uh, just imagine, have to deal with the fact that someone violated you, forced you, uh, uh, damaged you, or, you know, and then that thing, and now have to carry the child for nine months is a constant reminder of what really happened. And then the child is born, and out of that, we know that, uh, you know, that is a very difficult and a sensitive issue. And for me, it will be a, a no, because it is hard for even a woman to try to explain to a child what has really happened? As you mentioned earlier, that some uh, perpetrators you know, don't know them or women know them. But at the end of the day, it becomes a very serious and a very difficult thing to say, you know, that rapists should be allowed to be part of the charge. They have committed a crime, the crime that will leave a woman with a star for life. Dealing with rape is something that is so difficult. It's not something that you say once off and you get over it. It's something that it stays with you for life. So for me, it will be just a no-no. And the fact that the Bible is not straightforward, and also in the New Testament, we don't have a, a, a really a, a, you know, a, a guide to say this is what needs to happen. But reality says women are being scared. Women have had and had to, 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 to be able to explain what has happened. And no one knows the pain of a woman who has been raped. Rape costs so much to women, even the, the child that uh, is conceived on that. We know that communities will label or shame the child. And, you know, it is a hard thing to say. So I am speaking on my own personal uh, capacity and this is, will be to ask too much of a woman to be able to say that then they have to allow this person who has done so much in their lives and caused so much trauma. And now they have to be allowed to be part of, of the, 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 the child's life. It is a crime that they have committed and they are supposed to be locked away for life. That will, will be my opening statement. Um, does do your scriptures support that, um, Reverend? I'm going to give you a chance to think about it, and when we okay. come back from the break, um, um, I'm going to ask you to respond to that. It's important that we get the scriptural perspective. You're okay. still listening to facts. So we're trying to get some answers as far as the faiths, the various faiths are concerned. Please, even though your faith is not represented here tonight, please feel free to call us and tell us what your faith says, especially your scriptures. I do understand we may have our subjective perspectives and views based on our experiences, but most importantly, we'd like to know what the faith <coughs> says. So, Reverend, my question was, do your scriptures, does your faith support your view? Okay. So we have a scripture, Deuteronomy, 
chapter 22, I'm going to read from verse 25 to 27. Yeah. It says, but if that was out of uh, out in the country that the man found an, an angel and grabbed and raped her, only the man is to die. The man who raped her, don't, uh, the man raped her, don't, don't do anything to the girl. He did nothing wrong. And then it says, when the engaged girl yelled out for help, there was no one around to help her. So it says that, uh, that that's what I am reading now, that if that is what the man has done, he needs to die. That is what the scripture says, that I will, I'm going to beg my statement. All right. If you continue with the very same verse, Reverend, it continues to say from verse 28 and verse 29. If a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her and they are discovered, he shall pay her father 50 shekels of silver. He must marry the young woman for he has violated her. He can never divorce her as long as he lives. That's also there in the very same chapter. Why would you choose one part of the text and not the other? No, I was going to continue because I, I believe that like when I read then the, the second one, the second part, it felt to me that the person who wrote it, that man, was a rapist himself because, mm-hmm. yes, there's a language that is there that we, we find that they, they, in, in Hebrew trying to explain that it was like that thing that uh, uh, the, 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 the man laid with her so meaning it was consensual. So the, the fact that it says that it's rape and they find out, the problem that I have with this scripture is, is, is like it says that now it is okay because as I said before, the context in which the, 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 the culture of that time was put more pressure on, on women to be virgins uh, and stuff like that. But then this one is engaged and it says if People find out the man, the, that the man rapes the the, the 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 payment that needs to happen because of the fact that the woman did not did not scream or did not uh, cry for help. It is wrong. I feel that it puts so much to women, and it is a, the, the 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 fact that it literally that is what it says. But reality says that this is what happens within our community when a woman is raped. Uh, they are either they are forced to to, to marry and they, they or either is the fact that then it becomes a a, 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 a a shameful end that women will will be the only one who, who who carries it because of the fact that sometimes you hear stories that uh, women were told not to say it it's a family thing it, it has to be here or then they ask the perpetrator to pay something for, for the family itself, it doesn't become something that, uh, you know, uh, it is inside the, the home. So I feel that that person or whatever these statements mean, it means that we now saying that it is okay for any man to do something to a woman that is so harmful and then the father will then accept money. So it is a rapist who wrote this part of the of the scripture for me personally. This is my personal view about it. Now you're, you're a reverend, um, and and I'm I'm moving from the premise that you went and studied theology, yes. and yes. you know that 
according to your theology, it is Moses who wrote this. Would it's that not. be correct? It's Moses. It's you, you, you know that the book of Deuteronomy, amongst the first five books of the Bible called the Torah, they are, written, are, are said to be written by Moses. Yes. Are you therefore saying Moses was a rapist? I am I am saying that that for me that is how it solves. No no no, how... no no ma'am. I'm I'm asking now because remember we've invited you to be yes, giving yes. us your experience as, as, as a reverend. They have not asked me and I to come and speak, who come and babble whatever I wanna say. Uh, yes. We've inv invited you as a reverend. Uh -huh. And now the reverend is saying on national radio she believes in her heart of hearts that Moses was a rapist. Then I will, I, will, I, will, I will say yes, because how would you put something that is so horrific? Okay. The second part of that, my question, Reverend, is um, Moses wrote this uh, according to the scriptures now. Forget about theology and your theological yes. schools. According yes. to the scriptures, these things Moses, he wrote because God told him to say this. Okay. Now, so, are you so, saying that, therefore, God told Moses to write all these things because God, who originated it, is a rapist, and Moses, okay. who decided to write what he was told by God, is equally a rapist? Okay. For me, this will be two parts. There's a part that says, yes, the will of God. God said, Moses must write. And for me, I will then have a question that says, what is the will of God? Because there's then there's stories and there's things that are in the Bible, the killing and the raping of women, that we then sit and say, what what is the role, the will of God, or what people did? So there's a difference for me that is on my own perspective to say, the will of God, what is that? And at the same time, what people did. There's yeah, a difference we, we, we are talking about what is written now, um, uh, Reverend. What is written is allegedly, and I'm saying allegedly because I'm not a theologian. I'm mm -hmm. simply taking what you as, as theologians tell us. Allegedly, the book of uh, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Numbers, Leviticus, Exodus, yeah, all of, all of, all of yes, the first five yes. were penned down allegedly by Moses. Yes. And your argument is because of the nature of the text, cannot have been written by a, a God-inspired person. The person, according to you, who wrote this part, according to your words, is a rapist. Now, yes. I need you to be as very clear as possible. I'm not, I'm not going to give passive judgment on that. I just need you to be clear. You are therefore saying, Reverend, you believe Moses was a rapist and the God who, who, who inspired him to write, wrote, write this is equally so on the same breath. Is that what the Reverend is saying? If that is the interpretation that is here... That says, for me personally, that is what I'm saying, that it clearly says the person who wrote it comes across as someone who has raped someone, hide behind the fact that it is normal. It is not normal what is written here. But the verse doesn't well, say that it's normal, Reverend. It, 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 I agree with you. It doesn't say it's normal. It's literally saying that it is okay where? Where, where does it say that, Reverend? It doesn't and say at that the same it's time, okay. Then we're saying God. Guide us, Reverend. So Teach, school, school, school me. School me. I'm here. I'm, I'm listening to you. Tell me where it says it's okay. 
because the question that you are asking to say that what I mean is saying Moses is a rapist. I'm saying that... That's what you said, how, Reverend. You said yes, the writer that, of yes, this text is a rapist. Yes, the writer of... That is how I read and in my own understanding comes up to that conclusion to okay. say, if a person can then say the man has a right to rape and it's okay... Where does it say it, that, Reverend? Where does it say the man has a right to rape? Because that is what is here. Read it, read, read that part, Reverend, because I've read this part. I've read I, it through and through. I've read it in Ecclesiastes. I've read it in Exodus. Yes. I've read it in Deuteronomy. Yes. I have not found the part that says a man has a right to rape. Educate no, no, no. me. I, Where I, does it I, say I, it has a right to rape? No, I am saying I am just interpreting it for myself to say, then it says, if we say this is what God says, okay. and this is what God uh, used Moses to write it, in other words, we are saying that a man has a right. That is what where this this, this right come come from. Okay, that All is right. what I mean. All right, let's bring in um, uh, uh, Mutusi. Uh, you're you're listening to this conversation. I'd like to give you. I'm the, listening. Um, I'd like to hear first if you have a response to it, or, or would you like to answer the main question? The main question is, um, does the rapist have a right to father that child born out of rape? Okay. Um. Naye. Yes, I will just go back to that verse again on Deuteronomy 22, verse 25 to 29. Yes, um, it's clear, and I'll also add Deuteronomy 17, verse 7. That's right. I'll be responding from the Hebraic perspective. Um, it's clear that they are instructed that he who does evil is to be killed. That's right. The reason why the person is to be killed is to purge evil in Israel. That's right. So that Israel becomes a righteous nation. Now then... Because we have rejected the Torah of Yah, if we go through the, the Torah, it emphasizes that the Torah was to be obeyed. And when you read the book of Deuteronomy 28, it's clear that if you hit him, you diligently obey, then Yah will bless us, and you won't even have much challenges. And it's clear that when you go through the Tanakh, Israel encountered curses when they disobeyed. Now, there's a verse in the book of Proverbs that says, do not remove the old boundaries that your forefathers have laid. The reason and the purpose of the Torah was to guide. It's a governing principle. Now, the challenge that we have is that um, later on, there was something that was introduced and to cause confusion. Now, people, that is how the reverend cannot respond based on the, the, the word of the R, but based on her feelings and her emotions. You know. Now, um, while I'm still on the question, because according to the Torah, the, the rapist, will have died. Therefore, there wouldn't be a father to have rights over the child. And now, um, if that is the case, then the, the mother is left with a child, and then the community and the family, they see to her healing because she's the wounded and she's the one who needs, uh, who needs uh, um, attention and healing to go through the process. Now, um, the, the, the problem is that, like I said, I, I indicated... We, we, we know not the will of Yah. We have deviated. Israel, when they were on their way, they were told that when you get to the land, you will find other nations practicing other things in another way. Do not copy them. Now, the reason why we end up in this kind of issue or, or predicament is because we have rejected the Torah of Yah. That is how when you go through the Tanakh, rape is part of the things that came as a curse. 
when you and in within Israel as a nation, rape was a disgrace, and they killed when one was raped. When you look into the book of Judges, chapter nineteen and twenty, we learn of a man, of the men of Gibeah. They are they were one of the Benjamites who raped um, the wife to the Levite who was uh, sojourning in their land. No, the know? concubine of the Levite. The, the, the text says the concubine, not the wife. Okay. Um, uh, um, all right. I said the wife. Yes, you said I'm wife. I'm speaking to the wife, yes. Yeah, but the, 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 wife, the, the, the My the, point is that the language interpretation, that is how when you read different versions of the Bible, this one will say this, mm. this one will say that. Mm. So um, can I speak to the wife? Okay. And then proceed. <laughs> okay. Yes, thank okay. you. Um, now, the wife to the, the Levite, and then when Israel heard of that, when Israel heard of that, Israel gathered and they approached the men of Gibeah, but the Benjamites stood up for their fellows, you know, because it was a clan within the Benjamites. Now they fought with Israel, and Benjamites and the, the, the men of, and the Gileites were, 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 were defeated. And it was so much bad that they were even suspended from marrying within Israel. Remember, the Israelites were to marry amongst themselves. So they were sub- mm. suspended from marrying within Israel. Mm. And then we also learn of Dina, the daughter of Jacob, who was raped by her mom, the Hivites. Uh, uh, her brothers, they revenged and killed mm. because their sister was, was raped. And, now, and, 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 Jacob, raped. and Jacob reprimanded them for doing that. Um, Jacob, um, 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 okay, let me go down with this, um, further. Let me, let me head back to that one because I don't want to, um, to, to, to give, uh, uh, um, misleading information. Um, but now I wanted to also to add, I'll, I'll get back to that question of yours. I, I want to go back to the, um, Absalom, um, um, the story of Tamar, Tamar. when Amnon, his brother, raped uh, her. Absalom, his brother, those are David's children. Absalom killed, sought to the death of Amnon because it was a disgrace to rape. Now, the culture of the, the Hebrew uh, Israelite culture is very defensive of women, it's protecting women. And it's not only protecting women, it's protecting children, it's protecting everyone. Because whatever that is meant to be, they are supposed to live in, in mutual understanding with love and respect, governed and led by righteous standards. Now, that is how when the people did evil, they end up had to be killed, and it was normal for them to be killed, so that the message is sent out to others that if you do evil, you will be repaid accordingly. And as a result, such evil acts were very minimal. But now because of the rejection of the Torah, the, uh, such evil acts are, are very high, you know. Okay. Now, I, I, uh, I, I, I need you to respond to the question then. You have not responded to the question. Should the man who has committed rape be entitled to the child? Oh, I responded, Nay. I said that based on the, the, the Tanakh, based on the Torah, there wouldn't be a man to have rights on the child because the man will have been killed. Okay, let's 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 go back to now the various texts that you have quoted, and it's important that we understand perhaps the full context. Um, um, I'm going to go back to the book of Judges uh, because you quoted the book of Judges, and I want to read it from the King James Version. 
And this is Judges chapter 19. And it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah. Verse 2. And his concubine played the whore against him and went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there four whole months. Verse 3. And her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly unto her and to bring her again, having a servant with him and a couple of aces, asses rather. And she brought him into her father's, uh, father's house. And when he, the father of the damsel, saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. And his father-in-law, the damsel's father, retained him, and he abode with him three days. So they did eat and drink and lodged there, verse 5. And it came to pass on the fourth day, when they arose early in the morning, that he rose up to depart. And the damsel's father said unto his son-in-law, Comfort thine heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. Verse 6. And they sat down and did eat and drink both them together. For the damsel's father had said unto the man, Be content, I pray thee, and tarry all night, and let thine heart be merry. Verse 9. And when the man rose up to depart, his father-in-law urged him, therefore he lodged there again. Verse 8. And he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. And the damsel's father said, Comfort thine heart, I pray thee. And they tarried until afternoon, and they did eat both of them. Verse 9. And when the man rose up to depart, he and the concubine, and his servant, his father-in-law, the damsel's father said unto him, Behold, now the day draweth toward evening. I pray you tarry all night. Behold, the, the day groweth to an end. Lodge here that thine heart may be merry, and tomorrow get on your way that thou mayest go home. Verse 10, But the man would not tarry that night, but he rose up and departed and came over against Jebus, which is Jerusalem. And there was with him two asses saddled. His concubine also was with him. Verse 11, When they were by Jebus, the day was far spent, and the servant said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, and let us turn into the city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. Verse 12, And his master said unto him, We will not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger that is not the children of Israel we will pass over the Gibeah verse 13 and he said unto his servant come and let us draw near to one of these places to lodge all night in Gibeah or in Ramah verse 14 and they passed on and went their way and the sun went down upon them and when they were by Gibeah which belongeth to the Benjamite verse 15 and they turned aside the, uh, thither to go in and to lodge in Gibeah and when he went in, he set him down in a street of the city, for there was no man that took them into his house to, be, to lodging. And behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field at even, which was also of Mount Ephraim, and sojourner in Gibeah. But the men of the place were Benjamites. Verse 17, when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw a wafering man in the street of the city. And the old man said, Whither goest thou, and whence comest thou? And he said unto him, We are passing from Benjamin, or Bethlehem, Judah, toward the side of Mount Ephraim from thence. And I, um, I went to Bethlehem, Judah, but I now go into the house of the Lord, and there is no man that receiveth me that to that. Uh, yet there is both straw 
and provender for our asses, and there is bread and wine also for me and for thy handmaid, and for the young man which is with servants, there is no want of anything. And the old man said, Peace be with thee, howsoever, let all thy wants lie upon me, only lodge not in the street. So he brought him into the house and gave provender unto the asses, and they washed their feet and did eat and drink. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know them. And I'm sure we understand what that means. We may know Mm -hmm. them. 23. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto to them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you do not seek wickedly, seeing that this man is coming into mine house. Do not this folly. Verse 24. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble ye them, and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man, do not so vile a thing. But the men would not hear, hearken to him. So the men took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house and her hands were upon the threshold. It continues, it continues, it continues. Let me just finish it. And he said unto her, yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm bringing to your attention now. It's very important that you understand this context, ma'am. That first and foremost, this is uh, uh, a father who had offered his daughter and the concubine mm. to be yes. raped. <clears throat> and secondly, mind. and secondly, here in this case, there was nothing wrong when the Levite, not just an ordinary nai, a Levite, decided he's going to give away this woman. So I'm not quite sure mm. where, because the Levite okay, is still um, a man who believed in God. What happened to the Levite's conscience okay. when he said this woman must be raped? He offered her um, up. Okay, let me let me answer you now. I understand your concern. Um, when we listen to the context, and I'm th- I'm thankful that you read through the whole chapter. The context is that remember, um, in Israel, homosexuality is a taboo. It's unimaginable. It's unthought of. Just like rape. And that is. Let, let me respond to your question. I heard your question, Naya, and I'm responding to your question. Now that is how for them, then. They felt that it's better for a man to sleep with a, to, it's better for a man to sleep with a woman than a man to sleep with another man. And um, remember, whatever that is happening in judges is not what the law is. The law is clear in the book of Deuteronomy. It says that he who rapes, let him be killed. But however, in as much as the law is saying that when when every individual is faced with circumstances. They apply their mind to the best of their ability. Now, whatever the purpose of the Tanakh was to relate as to what transpired along the way. Therefore, thus it becomes a lesson that these are the things that were there and this is how people end up deciding in this manner because 
of, you know, no, you ma'am, you're, you're not answering the question. My question is, why did the Levite, who knows the scriptures, why would the Levite weigh for himself as a human being which sin is higher than the other? And then in, it's, his, it's in not, his Levite mind decide rape is better, homosexuality like is worse. If, if you're listening to me from the beginning, I explained to you, homosexuality, it, it, according to the, uh, uh, the, the, the Torah, it's not permissible. It's, it's, it's a huge taboo. It's not even unimaginable. Thus, for them, it's better for a man to sleep with a woman. Where do they get that from, ma'am? With the homosexuality one. No, no. That it's better for rape. Because the very same laws against rape are there in the same Torah that is against homosexuality. The Torah is both equally against rape and homosexuality. And that, why that would they I'm, believe that rape is okay? That is how I'm saying to you. Everybody, remember what is happening in the, in the book of Judges. It's, 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 it's the history of Israel throughout their journey. And it's revealing what happened. And these are meant for lessons. And that is how I said to you, every individual, even if you know that the law says this, but every individual, when they are faced with circumstances, they think based on whatever that, okay. uh, whatever that comes up to their mm. mind. Okay. So the, 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 it's not clear why the man decided, but uh, in my understanding, it's because homosexuality was not even imaginable. All right. I want to bring in the big decision. It was easy for it, 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 It's understandable for a man to sleep with a woman. There are things in life that you cannot witness. You'd mm-hmm. rather settle for something than uh, to witness something. No, 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 ma'am. Remember, we're not talking about just sex here. I want to bring in the bishop. We're not talking about it's it's better for a man to sleep with. We're talking about rape here. This is not, that woman was not slept with. She was raped. I want to bring in the bishop. Bishop, you're listening to the conversation. I'd like to hear your your perspective. I I need to understand from your perspective, um, is, is, is the rapist entitled to father the child that he conceived through rape? There are, there are five, layers to the conversation I'm listening to. The first layer is the right of the woman yeah. who has been raped. That's right. And what she does with that violation. She is mm. forced into a space where she must decide whether to keep the baby or to abort the baby. And now abortion falls into a criminal space of murder. But it's a choice that she must make. Number two, it is the right of a, a man who has raped the woman, in the event the woman decides to keep a child, it extends his freedom into having his genes uh, come through a woman he did not love but violated. Now, how does he have access to that child without having gone through the rituals and cultural perspectives? Number three, it is the rise of the child who is being born out of this criminal and uh, civil uncivilized act. Do they have the right to knowing their father? Do they have the right to knowing their mother? Do they have the right to life? And uh, because there's nothing called an illegitimate child. They're illegitimate parents who get involved in legitimate acts to produce a legitimate child. That's right. The legitimacy is not on the child. I like that. I like that. The legitimacy is on the parents, that they're illegitimate custodians of spam and ovaries who get involved in acts that produce a legitimate child. There's no child is illegitimate. Thirdly, fourthly, now you have the right of the family to call the child by their name because there's no dowry that has been paid. Ultimately, it is the church 
and how they view and pile up dogma and theology on a woman who has been violated as to whether she kills, how do they view her? If she keeps the baby, do you still excommunicate a woman who has been uh, raped and she has given birth? Because your church policy says if there's a child out of wedlock, they must be excommunicated. In the event of rape, how does the church view that? Having said that above, I need to be very clear that the church is a confused body of people who don't believe in the Bible. They claim to believe in the Bible, but no, they believe in the Constitution. Because if they believed in the Bible, then they would implement the constitutes of the Bible and the precepts of the text itself, which are clear. Rapists and, and uh, homosexuals, they must be killed, according to the Bible. I've said this now, and I'll say it again. Don't waste our time telling us what does the Bible say, what does the Bible say, when we know that the very Christians don't believe in the Bible. You have the whole of Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, and East London, full of colored children, which are a result of rape from colonial people. Who wants to talk about a generation that has been born out of rape? And how do we as Christians respond to that? How does our judicial system respond to that? Now, I, I need you to also to respond to the text, Reverend, your hyperbole notwithstanding. I'm reading from Deuteronomy chapter 22. It says, from verse 26, Do not do nothing to the young woman. She has committed no, no crime worthy of death. She is as innocent as a murder victim. Verse 27 says, Since the man raped her out in the country, it must be assumed that she screamed, but there was no one. To rescue her. Verse 28. Suppose, suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, verse 29, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. Then he must marry the young woman because he violated her and he may never divorce her as long as he lives. A man must not marry his father's former wife. So it ends there. So there, there's a text that says the man who sleeps with this woman must, if she's not affianced, if she's not anyone's fiance, if she's not married to anybody and he rapes her, he must marry her. Only the African can interpret that passage. Thank because you. in the olden days, when a boy is born or a girl is born, families adopted wives and, and husbands from birth. Then, in some certain cases, even families would engage the family of the other. Hence, when you read about the, Jesus, and he says Mary was spoken for, yeah. that concept of being spoken for means that actually arrangements were already at an advanced stage. Whether Mary was already young married or, not. or she was old, yeah. but she had already been spoken for That's as right. marriage material. Yeah. So to rape such a woman means that you actually owed the family you have actually brought two families into disrepute yeah. because dowries and other negotiations are already underway with the families that are taking that woman or taking that boy. Hence, in an African culture, rape is equivalent to murder. In our ancient tradition, a, a family will be abducted. They will pay in full. In some certain cases, even the death of those people will be pronounced. Because, but then the Christian, with their Eurocentric mentality, they neither know their culture nor understand Hebrew culture no, understand the Bible. I don't know what to do with them, Naya. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, I, I need a response to from the both of you because at the beginning of our conversation, you may not have heard this, Reverend. Um, a shocking statement came from the Reverend um, uh, Lala, um, which has still left my knees uh, knocking a bit because I'm not sure what to make of it. Reverend Lala says, because there is this text, this text was written by a rapist. Um, would you like to respond? Uh, give us some perspective. I would, uh, I would, I would sympathize with their sentiments uh, from the woman's perspective. That if that had happened to himself or his child, such types of writings would not be found. I want to challenge the honourable reverend with other pastors who are able-bodied in mind. We must sit down and rewrite this Bible, removing such comments as white people have done. Slaves obey your masters and put those comments that were convenient for their own abuse. <laughs> As modern African theologians, yeah. what we lose to go back into the same text and punctuate it so that it speaks to the relevance of the abuse that we are seeing right now, particularly on the issues of mm. women and some sex marriages yeah. and other social issues, including land distribution. It is because of the Bible that we are not killing the white people. He says, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute mm. you, including when they take your land. Mm. We have a real issue here that until spirituality is addressed from the spiritual perspective and Christian perspectives, the very same Christians who happen to be 70% of the population are not ready for change because they use the Bible as their platform. Rape, they use the Bible. Abortion, they use the Bible. Mm. Okay. All right. I want to take some voice notes um, yes. uh, because our time is running out. We've got four oh, minutes okay. remaining in our conversation. Mm -hmm. I do accept that um, uh, this is a very emotive issue and we, I suppose, can't avoid the emotions coming into play. So let's go to the, Phineas, let's go to the, the, to the voice notes, please. Um, hi. I think according to my own perspective, the reverend has made a mistake because there's something called such as... Um, exegesis and exegesis. Yes. Exegesis is whereby you draw uh, something out of the scripture. Your interpretation, you, grow, you, you draw it from the scripture and then there's exegesis whereby someone draws or gives meaning or interpretation out of their mind to the scripture and that is wrong. That is presuppositions. If we approach the Bible having our own thoughts and ideas that is very wrong i think um the reverend has made a mistake period thank you all right thank you very much hello mm -hmm. uh, congratulations for winning the awards with your producers great show great show congratulations congratulations well done keep it up i'm not surprised that you won award your program because it's a good program thank you that's mm okay mm thank you um i was hoping we'd get those voice notes of uh, joey that talk about the topic right now um uh, can we just select those that are talking about the topic i i appreciate i appreciate the kind words but i i, I really am pressed for time now um, i'm going to read a few texts why we're still looking for just those that are talking to the topic right now. One text reads, it's also on WhatsApp. Good evening, Naya. What if the perpetrator is the father of the victim? He will also be forced to marry his own kid? Question mark. And uh, the second one says, good evening. A question to the Reverend. Does she believe in books written by Moses? Reverend, would you like to respond to that? Reverend, would you like to respond to that? 
Yes, I, I believe I read. I read and no, no. The question: Do you believe in what you're reading? The the books of Moses, ma'am. Yes, I believe and I read. Okay, all right. That's that, that's an answer. And make sense of things accordingly. Okay, okay, ma'am. Um, sh- shall we go to the next? Okay, all right. It seems as though we have uh, an issue with those voice notes, so we will not play them. I'm not playing them because they are not they are, they are irrelevant. I appreciate the kind words, but uh, our time is up. So I'm going to give each and one of you 30 seconds to give us your closing remarks. Our time is gone. I'm going to begin with the Reverend. Reverend, 30 seconds, your closing remarks. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I, I just want to, to, to say that it is a very sensitive and a very... Uh, you know, difficult conversation that we have, but it is time that we really have this conversation because at the end of the day, we need to take a stand as a church to end violence against women, that we are seeing so many rapes and killing of women in our country, and it is not okay. The, the church cannot be silent about it. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Memutus? Um, thank you, Nai. Um, I just want to say the book of Hosea, it says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge, for priests have rejected the knowledge. Now, our people are getting lost because they are lost. They are led by people who are lacking knowledge. We need to return to the Torah of Yah. The kingdom of Yah cannot be governed by any other rules outside the Torah. These are the principles that are governing. So when we return according to the book of Jeremiah 6.16, back to the crossroads, seek the old path and find the old path where good life is and we walk it, wherever it is obeying the Torah of Yah, then, as the book of Deuteronomy 28 is clear, All right. we I, I, will... I gotta, won, I gotta move on, I gotta move on, I wanna give the bishop, give bishop right, just 20 you. seconds or 10 seconds if you can, please. Let all the pastors come together and we rewrite the text to be relevant to the challenges that we are facing in our generation. Those texts worked in the past, we are now in the present. How do we make the Bible relevant in the 21st century? I thank you. All right. Thank you very much. We're going to leave it right there. It's 8 o'clock already from me, Nayelu Pondwana, and the team. We would like to thank all of our guests, Reverend Lala Memutusi and Bishop Maponga. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.